Geeks. 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 <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode seventy-one of Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast, recorded in this room. I'm your host Al White, and joining me today in the UK for I think this is going to be the second to last UK podcast for a while. Because after this, we're going to do some from France, and then we'll be back in LA. On my right. Yes. Katie Watson. I'm, assuming, I'm not your secretary. <laughs> no, I said on my right. Oh, I thought you said, no, am I, I right? My, no. <laughs> I was like, sure. On my right. <laughs> Similar, but different. On my left, Tom McCann. Hello. How are you guys doing? Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I almost got your geeks at the exact same time. I know. So, yeah, I was just saying before we started recording, obviously, we, we, the, the geeks call whenever Tom kind of guests <clears> on this podcast. You somehow managed to, like, get it at the same time i always thought that's what you were trying to do like i thought that was like the a goal. harmony and you thought yeah. everyone else was failing yeah so <laughs> those, four yeah. people it's like a barbershop it's like a test to see how alert everybody is before we start recording oh. that'd be that could be a better yeah. i could go back actually to la now and just say <laughs> like you've all been failing it for the last year and a half <laughs> <laughs> tom's the only one who fucking gets yeah. on top um <laughs> confirmed tom oh. gets on top <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to mr thomas you were on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, uh yeah i think so been up to yeah things playing any games watching any movies um yes probably um and if you had told me you were going to ask me this before we started recording i could have had a better thought of sorry the <laughs> actually um, the last time you're on here you just got back from your Rome trip and you had food poisoning yeah so can you clarify you over your food poisoning well we're gonna find out because there's pizza on the way that's true so we'll see i i mean yes i have had pizza since i had food poisoning but uh, we were on the tube the other day and I saw an advert for uh, Eat and it was a picture of a pepperoni pizza and I didn't respond to it as positively as I always would have done. <laughs> Part of me was like... Too look, many jokes. It's just, it was like, mm, you know, usually I'd be like, I want that now, but now it's a bit like... Mm. There's, is, some, there's damage has been done. Which is I mean. really disconcerting coming from you. It really yeah, is. No. Um, I'm also interested, Eat are doing pizzas? Well, eats like Deliveroo. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Just Eat, sorry. Oh, Just Eat, yeah. okay. Eat, sorry, no, yeah, no, Just Eat. Yeah, sorry. My UK my sandwich shops. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I've been, yeah, just going to the cinema. <laughs> That's it? Going to gigs. Just, you go you, know, to, you do a crazy amount of gigs. Like the other week you said you went to one nearly every night. Of the yeah, week. I, did, I think I did three in a row last week, week before. And they're going to ask me who they were now, and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> they were loud. I saw, I, I saw Menziger's you were brilliant and I saw uh, a, a band called Zealand Order which is I, one dude who's taken uh, black metal and slave chants like American kind of chain gang slave chants and right. melded them together Jesus. and it's awesome That's a really? Niche. yeah it's really cool really, it's really, really cool yeah. okay. so check that out we don't talk about music enough on this podcast, and I think. Well, we yeah, I mean, I was going to say we don't do a music special. We just come on <laughs> and talk for hours. You do. I do appreciate like even sitting on this table. Like I think you noticed as you came in, there were some CDs which you suggested to me. Which yeah. Which uh, so yeah, that's the front bottoms. Yeah. yeah, front bottoms, and what's it called? The Smith. Smith Street Band. Smith Street Band. Yeah, Good they're, they're kind of the same band. Only ones from Australia and ones from the US. Um, both really good. I for, totally forgot. I'm going to see Blink-182 in Manchester in July. Mm. You really? And um, yeah, it's sort of like a arena show here. Since It's the first one they've done since they released the album last year. And Front Bottoms are supporting, which I totally forgot. Ooh, so I got to be excited for an entire like for a second time all over again. That's amazing. Because <laughs> the information had dropped out of my head and then it came back in. So I got excited. Yeah. Do you remember at our ball, because me and Tom went to film school together. Do you remember at our Leavers ball, 
um, the Blink-182 covers band. I didn't see them. They completely naked. I didn't see them. Did they? Yeah. Were they naked? They were completely naked. They had to, like, guitars over that. their erect penises. But I, I missed that. That was, like, the weirdest that. fucking school. Yeah, I was, I was telling Katie the story. I've never done it properly oh on the gosh. podcast. And one day I will. But this stripper's story... Um, which I think was just before your time because it was the first year I went there. Because yeah. our uni used to do oh, yeah, strippers no, once was, a year, yeah, yeah. and then we yeah. got into papers for something. But I'll do that another week because okay. that's a long story. Um, but yeah. definitely worth Stay it. tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's we, disturbing. We were not allowed to have stripper nights again after oh my that God. year. The fact that stripper nights ever existed is insane. Hey, it's an art school, man. But every yeah, every uni has a like a high proportion well high proportion like there's always strippers and unis right because yeah because it's a good way to get paid yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, this wasn't that kind of story like, I, I tried but nobody would harm <laughs> i did i know i did have a separate yeah like when i used to go to um what do you call it when you go for one-on-ones with your tutors uh, Workshops or no, whatever. Uh, but you go for dis- like a thing discipline here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do remember one of the ladies like talking to me, and she was all f- just worried about the last girl who had just been in there because she had had to turn escorting just to pay her fees like mm. for university and stuff. And like, yeah, there are definitely different stories to that. Now, this stripper story is much more. Um, I won't say fun because that's not the right it's word, but it's not to do with the, the members of the school. It's really it's to do with yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's Another gone time. off on a tangent early. Another time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie Watson. What? What you been up to? You just got back to England. I did. I just got back, what was it, four or five days ago? Mm-hmm. Um, I had my birthday, which was amazing. We went to see Bob Dylan. Yeah. It was really fantastic. He is old, confirmed. He is older, <laughs> and but his hats are still I think it's safe to say rad. he's old now. Like, he's not like... Well, he's know. older than... The last time well, I, was I saw him on a CD. <laughs> I was surprised when you said he doesn't even play guitar anymore. No. Like, that's he how old he is. Kind of, yeah. I remember when yeah. we saw Leonard Cohen, he could barely, like, he broke out the guitar to play Suzanne, and I was really impressed that he could wow. still manage Suzanne just about. But, yeah, Bob Dylan's way. He could play piano, though, which I was really surprised. Yeah. How can you do once? I think because piano is, like, it's a very different, you don't have to, I mean, it wasn't, he was doing more chords. Right, he wasn't, okay. like, doing frills so much. Um, and I think with guitar, he's pretty much always been more of a, uh, like a picking kind of guy than the strumming kind of guy yeah yeah of course so yeah. I, don't know. I don't know but he was, he was I mean it's yeah it's, it's impressive to see him even if he didn't say a single word to the audience oh, he looks bow. kind of annoyed that we were there yeah he kind of did he's kind of like everyone's in my living room he was a little upset <laughs> if I just get he was very happy songs. when we left <laughs> but he played a good set yeah and he did like just four classic songs everything else because he had that new CD yeah. out like triple CD. Have you seen that? What's it called again? Three, it's called Tripuclet. Tri- trip, 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 triplet. 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 Something like triplet. Yeah, something. And made it's up three group. fucking CD album. Wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm surprised he still puts out any albums. No matter three in one go. It's tough. Like I remember I saw um, Black Sabbath last summer and their like farewell tour. And like Ozzy Osbourne is like he's so fucked. Like they literally wheel him out. Well, not literally, but pretty much. Like they put put it, bring him out, positioning him in front of a microphone. And to be fair, he just switches it on and he does it, and the voice still sounds goodish. But like, he has to take a break every like three, four songs <laughs> to go back to Yeah, and they do like Seriously. a solo, a drum solo. So, yeah, wow. he's just not. He's just. It's just. It's weird seeing a band that are like you, you know showing their age, and he, he's so old and he can't do it. But they still manage to put on like an hour and a half show. Yeah, like the other guys still have it. You know, the Tony Omi, the guitar player, he's rocking mm. away. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Bob Dylan, because he, he was rattling through them. He didn't, like... Yeah. It's not that he could sing that great anymore, but he can never sing that great to begin with. Just a character. But he, he went, like, yeah, straight through them, didn't take any breaks. He got up and sort of did his own sort of version of dancing, I guess, to some of them with yeah, the microphone. Yeah, nice. 
He's doing some Kuna Elvisy kind of yeah. poses and stuff. Got right. the old lady is pretty excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm. people were like, as soon as he stood up, people were like, ha ah! It's like when you go to see like a, a pop band and, you know, everyone goes crazy because <laughs> they stand up from their stools. <laughs> it's like, congratulations, <laughs> take that, can stand up. Um, yeah. yeah, that's enough music talk. Let's get to movies and games. You asked what I was doing. I know. And now it. I regret it. Uh, Most people do. <laughs> let's start the... Wow, what beers are you drinking? Oh. I'm drinking a Beaver Town Gamma Ray. Beaver Town. Which is the brewery... Uh, oh, sticking on music. <coughs> it's the brewery um, owned by the son of Robert Plant. Oh, is it really? Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. So you just bring really it back to music all the fucking yeah. time and trying to steer us really away. Cool cans, True facts. The, like the design on the tin. The yeah, I like them. really cool. That's why I started buying them because I have no idea. I just buy them and yeah. put them in the fridge for people. Yeah. yeah. But they've got all sort of cartoon skulls. Mm-hmm. Does it for me. Shooting each other with little Lasers. laser guns. Mm. Yep. Yep. Are you drinking the same beer? No, I have like a Belgian white ale of some kind. It's got all these other flavors in it, but I don't remember. The bottle's still in the fridge. It's going down well? Yeah, it's good. Good, good, good. Delicious. There you go. Last, yeah, the last podcast I did was the first one I've ever done with you where I wasn't drinking because I had food poisoning. That's true. Yeah. That's why it was a subpar product. Not into pizza and you weren't drinking. (laughs) I wasn't myself. You were just (laughs) grunting through the whole Sucked. Um, oh, actually, I did want to mention before we get into the, the news, uh, I've been playing, I t- I was, there are a bunch of new games which came out recently, everyone's just still playing Zelda to be honest, but I did try out some of them. Uh, the main big one was Outlast 2, um, which now you can get it, physical copies with Outlast 1, the DLC which is called Outlast Whistleblower, and then Outlast 2, and they're calling it Outlast Trinity, which is kind of a lie because the second one's not really... Like the middle one's not a second one and the third one is the second one and it's confusing. But we started playing it the other night. It's terrifying. It's really, really fucking scary. It's really scary. I couldn't do it. I had to actually stop. Oh, that's the one they give. Didn't they give the first one away in gold recently? Because yeah. I downloaded it. And... You're like a hospital in the first one. You're, you're yeah, like, you can't yeah, yeah. fight. You can just record for your video yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah. I got like 20 minutes and didn't give up. Cause yeah. I was too, I could, like, it was too it's scary. Because you can't fight back. It's so it's like... Just, I, I just don't, I don't I want know. to put myself It's like It's this. basically you're playing a fan footage film. Yeah. yeah. And... This one, when it starts, it comes up saying like intense blood, gore, sexual, like imagery, have fun. <laughs> and then the next page, it does like the setup for it. It's really cool and really simple. Um, but, and it takes place in Arizona, which is a nice different, you know, to get more deserty sort yeah, of things. Yeah. It's kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is like, yeah, you, all you have is a camera, you have to run, you have to survive and you can't fight back. Um, and we started playing it and it's certainly not like the f- I've only played like it for the first couple of hours, but it's not finessed perfectly, but it's the graphics are really, really nice. Like they look really involved in some great scary. depth to the darkness <laughs> and they just they're ramping up the scares way better than the first one. Like the first one felt like an inherently scary movie, but like a found footage movie that's bad where you're like, well, you, haven't, you don't need to make this that well for it to be scary, mm. if you know what I mean. Whereas it's this one's really made well. Scarier than... Because last time I was on, we talked about Resident Evil. It's scarier than Resident Evil. Well, this is a weird thing. The beginning of the game's very similar to Resident Evil. Not necessarily in narrative, but just in dynamic. They're both these first person, um, and they both deal with sort of... I don't want to spoil too much, but to do with spooky hicks and stuff. And Spooky hicks? Spooky hicks. Hick, yeah. Like rednecks. Right. Yeah, like rednecks. Um, Backwoods. And I was getting a real Resident Evil 7 vibe from this in terms of, wow, I wonder how this is going to do now that everyone's already had, like everyone pretty much loved Resident Evil 7 other than the ending. Um, this one I found more scary. I think Resident Evil 7 is made a little bit better. Like mm-hmm. I feel that one was finessed a little bit more. But this one, I don't know what it was about the setup. I think it's because I didn't understand the rules. 
Like Resident Evil 7, I could pretty quickly understand what the rules were. With this one, when you get to the first horror sections of it, I had no clue what to expect. I didn't know what yeah. they wanted me to do. You're walking past things and suddenly like little things pop up on your screen saying hide in here. <laughs> or you and you're like, oh hide. shit. So it'll, be like, like, okay. it'll just give you the option, the option you're like, am hide? I supposed to be? Is like, something I hide happening? all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always hide. There's like dustbins and then like water like what vaults and mm. stuff. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so I'm clearly gonna have to like hide in a minute. But then it doesn't happen and you're kinda of walking and it doesn't happen. So it's walking with it doesn't it? happen. And then you get to something which suddenly comes out of the darkness. You're like, holy shit. And you're like, am I meant to run by it? Am I meant to try and fight it? Am yeah. I meant to just run back like quite a way to like the area you were previously in to find somewhere to hide? And I don't know what was expected from me. And that kind of made it more scary because you don't know what it wants you to do. Right. Um, and I had to go and watch a review to go, is this going to be worth it for me? How high a rating is this game <laughs> getting? But yeah, I'll definitely play a bit more. But it's, it's yeah, if you like spooky games, Outlast 2, highly recommend. Um, and yeah, on last time's podcast, I was just about to go and guest on the NX Press podcast, which is um, a very big Nintendo podcast run by Goomba Stomp um, and our friends over there by, from Ricky D and, and co. Uh, uh, they very kindly had me on. We talk a lot about Zelda and Breath of the Wild. It's like their final review on the game. Um, we talk a lot about um, the NES Mini being discontinued as well. So I highly recommend going and check out NX Press podcast um they're great anyway but how do you spell that nx press press p-r-e-s-s so it's like express but with an n at the beginning like nintendo express um yeah it's a great podcast anyway but um yeah if you want to hear my my full kind of review on breath of the wild that's where i do it all right so i start a podcast i do every single week with nate's blowdown we've got nine items of game and movie news do you want a game thing or a movie thing first time uh game okay uh, today, THQ, Nordic, and Gunfire Games have announced that Darksiders 3 is in development and will be released in 2018 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Darksiders, for anyone who doesn't remember, is an old THQ property that was then, when THQ kind of fell apart, it was sold off um, and no one ever thought anything else would happen with it. Uh, it was made by Joe Madeira, or designed by Joe Madeira, the comic artist who used to do Battle Chasers and Spider Man and X Men and stuff. Um, and he it centers around the four horsemen of the apocalypse the first film centered around death no sorry first one was around war second one was around death this one apparently is going to be around fury who is a female um set around the same time zone as darksiders 2 fury will be hunting down the physical versions of the seven deadly sins uh, the same game director, executive producer, technical director, lead environmental artists and others from the previous games have been roped in to do it uh, and the news originally came from a leak. I woke up to it this morning, actually. A leak from Amazon, which stated that the game would be released in 31st of December 2018. And then quickly, I think IGM was meant to have, they do a thing called Firsts every month where they get to break news. So they very quickly came out with their thing. I think 31st, it was... 31st, 2018? No, so, so like this is a thing. Years? So these are placeholders done legally. So if you know it's going to fall within a year, you put it to the end bracket oh. um, for tax reasons. For the 31st of oh. December 2018 so that'll be adjusted so it'll be out some point next year gotcha. but we don't know when um do you guys play any of the dark side at any point no but it sounds interesting you can they're basically zelda for non-nintendo consoles um really it sounds kind of horror yeah seven but, deadly sins no but the gameplay is exactly exactly zelda right. like old school ocarina of time sort of okay. zelda so not breath of the wild zelda but um and you can actually get the first two like in remastered spanky versions for Xbox One and PS4. I think for PS4, definitely for Xbox One. Um, they're really good. Like they're really just solid 
games if you want like a, just a good solid game but they're not that exciting <laughs> like how, how long is it like a proper like it's a proper big 100 or yeah 100 hour kind of time suck not quite but like you can think probably is it for the casual gamer like maybe he's looking for a good 10 12 hours solid entertainment but then i need to go on and go to a gig in all in all <laughs> and i just gotta go and watch <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> some yeah slave chants yeah. <laughs> black metal yeah, yeah um no i would say it's one of those games where you're gonna for sure see them circle around on xbox gold pick them up then right or get maybe you get a discount they're really just solid enjoyable games but it's hard to recommend them now because they're mm. years old and if a new one's coming then maybe not but this one looks like a trailer's hit as well today and it looks the same as the other ones to be honest I, the problem is, it's like that used to be exciting. It's like, oh, you can play a Zelda game outside of a Nintendo console, but now Breath of the Wild has changed what that means. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of less exciting. Yeah. Uh, number two, speaking of Breath of the Wild, Nintendo has revealed the first DLC pack for Zelda, and it's called The Master Trials. Are you ready? I only watched this before because I wanted you to learn about this live on the podcast oh boy <laughs> you ready to learn the new things I don't you're think you do? want my live reactions to things so <laughs> it's not good she says as she takes a drink of yeah. beer <laughs> so the season pass uh, which gets you all of these different DLCs that come in costs $19.99 the master trials are the first one it includes a trial of the sword uh, a new hard mode a hero's path mode a travel medallion eight pieces of new equipments uh, inspired by previous Zelda games and a Korok mask ooh so let's walk ourselves through these to look like a leaf basically yeah exciting uh you have the trial of the sword that includes around 45 rooms where link has to beat all the enemies from one room to another beginning with no armor or weapons and only picking up what he steals uh if you get through this challenge and this is actually pretty fucking cool if you get through this challenge and you have already picked up the master sword in breath of the wild Mm -hmm. which you have katie was i have i did that uh if you beat this 45 rooms the master sword will stay permanently in its (gasps) glowing powered up state and it will be unbreakable so you'll get what we're talking about constantly. It's like, do you like the perma? Yeah. None of you, you have a perma weapon, which in Zelda Can you don't just have. wreak havoc on that's, everything. That sounds like, so somebody who doesn't play the game, that sounds like a tough challenge. Is it? 45, 45 rooms. 45 rooms with, yeah. no, with nothing. Yeah. But if you're picking up the stuff, I kind of like that. You're, I like you're that picking idea. it up as long, along the way. Yeah. Right. So you start with nothing, though. Right. It, I mean, it just depends. If you're fighting fucking guardians in those 45 rooms, then yeah, yeah. it's going to be tough. But that sounds very worthwhile. Because when they first fun. talked about this, like a kind of it. grinding for 45 rooms, I was like, eh, that doesn't sound much fun to me. But when you put mm. something dangle a carrot like that at the end, pretty excited. It's a big carrot. To have a weapon in Zelda where you never have to worry about it. Uh, we also have hard mode. That ranks up all enemies in the world. The enemies also recover health during a battle. Um, and Link is going to be much easier to notice. I'm guessing we're not going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, Heroes Path mode lets players track their progress. This is what Tom was talking about earlier um, off the podcast. It marks a green path on the map showing the player's last 200 hours of movements and players can slide through a timeline to track footsteps from specific times. And it works retroactively. So it's meant to be recording it right now. It's like Donnie Darko. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. But weird. It's like interdimensional with yourself. Like, what's the purpose? Is there a pur- like a, a game purpose to it, or is it just kind of oh look, that's here. Do you want to see how I've spent the last two hundred? Yeah. I think I think it's because the world is so impenetrably large, in like a way of, in terms you you always when you get into the stage I'm at now, I'm not sure what I've missed. Like I've only done maybe I don't know sixty something shrines, and there are one hundred twenty shrines, 
and I'm still contextually coming across a few as I wander around, but there's definitely so many hidden in areas that I've just not gone to. Mm. But you get confused, like, have I gone over that mountain range? Have I checked the right. right place? So this means you could just quickly bring yeah. up a kind of heat map yeah. of where you've been. Yeah, it'll help me. And I'm hoping you can obviously turn this on and off because otherwise mm. your map's got like a mess of yeah. <laughs> little footprints yeah. everywhere. Well, or let it be an option where you can see it and then take it away if you yeah. wanted to. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it'll be before there's like a Reddit, subreddit of people like writing things out. Oh, oh two minutes or like drawing yeah really just drawing complex. huge penises yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like drawing <laughs> penises <laughs> so complex that you genuinely worry about these guys and how they're spending your time oh that is a very good point mm. there is going to be high roll art like especially if like if you walk back the same path over and over again it changes like a heat map like it changes Ooh. color you can do proper shading like a real oh. 3d penis nice yeah depending on the angle of the penis yeah <laughs> <laughs> experiment I want to now get you a copy of this, just so you, this could be your new thing you do. Um, yeah, but that's kind of exciting. People have been frustrated that they haven't been able to track all of that. Like you were just asking me, you've been playing this game for God knows how many hours. Like you're playing. I just don't say it like that. <laughs> like I have a life. I do other I went things. To Bob Dylan. You know. yeah, yeah, I saw Guardians. I went and Bob. The- like rode on an airplane. Although I did play Zelda. On I an rode airplane. on an airplane yeah. <laughs> while playing Zelda. Um, but yeah, you were just saying to me, you don't know how many shrines you've done and they do make it hard for you to necessarily access all yeah. of this Yeah, Well, my issue with that is that I, A, I always skip that intro part in shrines. Mm-hmm. Like when you go in, I'm always like, X skip. And then I'm always doing the A, like to click to the next. Um, yeah, so you're just not really paying attention. To what yeah, I'm not, up. I don't look at this. Yeah, but it should be a way, it should be in your menu. Like I don't yeah. see why it's not. Um, hopefully they'll add more stuff like that. You also get a travel medallion, which will be located in a new chest, which is just going to be somewhere in the game. Um, once you find it, the medallion creates a one-off fast travel point, so you can pick a place to fast travel straight to. Only one time? Yeah, it sounds like it. Which to me is a bit weird. That sounds dumb. But alright. Um, and then finally, the Korok mask, which is like, uh, yeah, it looks like the, what do you call it, the monster masks that you can buy. Because right. I still haven't found that fucker the second time I to know, buy them. it's so great. I get to like, lord that over you. Yeah, and you got your awesome Lionel mask that is useless. So but cool. It's awful, but I look so good in it. You I can basically, to... like, there's a dude in the game who people keep talking about occasionally. And he shows up in this sort of skull lake mm-hmm. at nighttime. Not always. But if you get him, then he's trying to open the shop. So you have to help him fund it a little bit. And then he fucks off and he says, well, I might be at this town or this town or this town or this town. And he does like six places. If you find him again, uh, just wandering around, he has all these balloons. So it's kind of easy to spot. But I haven't found him Like in a hot air balloon. And I have been playing like 100 hours and I haven't found him a second time. Really? He sells you like monster masks. So when you buy one and you put it on, your link just like starts acting like that monster, making noises like them and like movements like them. And you can creep by them or blend in and stuff. But there's an enemy in the game called, which is a type of centaur, or if you're American. Centaur. Um, <laughs> which has this huge mane, and it's really, it's like a lion meets a centaur. Right. And he's really, they're really fucking hard to beat. So this means you'll be able to sort of just creep past them? Well, this is the thing. That's the most expensive mask. Katie went and bought one because Lionel's just I saved that so much to get it. I spent like 2,000 rupees or something. Something like that. It was crazy. And they don't work against Lionel's. <laughs> the the Lionel's just like, look at you, and then they just... Yeah. Come they at just you. stay you down for a bit and they go nah I'm not buying it nice. <laughs> they just like there you. wasn't even any hesitation there wasn't even like <laughs> question no you're fine it was just like ah. <laughs> I was like oh, are you mocking my face <laughs> yeah pretty much it like made him matter uh, so yeah you get a Korok mask it looks like those but what it does is whenever you're near one of the 900 Koroks in the game it will shake um, so uh, well you have to be wearing it though yeah I think so, I think so. 
Um, the second DLC pack will be released during the holiday season, but this one, the Master Trials pack, will release sometime in summer uh, 2017. We don't know when. But okay. Point. So, next couple of months. Uh, in more gaming news, Call of Duty World War II, you might have noticed the massive posters at it everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Sledgehammer Games, it's their turn this year with the COD franchise. They're heading back to World War II. Uh, the first trailer was released, and news that the campaign will ditch the health regeneration. A system which Call of Duty helped popularize in 2005. So when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, you got. They want you to like worry about every bullet. Just basically, like you can pick up health kits. Remember the old days? You yeah, pick up health kits. Gonna be like that. But you don't auto regenerate health. No auto regeneration. Right. No. Uh, members of your squad will have certain attributes that can help you, but you need to be in their proximity, and then it'll become an active ability that you mm -hmm. have. Basically, um, you'll fight your way through France, Belgium, and into Germany. I mean, I'm happy with the back to World War Two. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Much like, because the, the, I mean, I haven't played most of the recent ones, but with like the Modern Warfare ones, it just seems you kind of lose that Call of Duty essence because you start to like do super weapons and body armor and kind of different abilities, like you can jump out of buildings or whatever else. Yeah. Whereas this is just old fashioned crappy guns, just mass murdering people from the other country. Yeah, this is definitely... It's, sounds bad when you say it out loud. <laughs> you say it out loud. No, but it's the thing. It's like Katie saw someone walking down the street with a World War II t-shirt on. Yeah. You know, that seems inappropriate. Because <laughs> it, like, it was like very proudly displayed, you know. Well, like, like for the game or just... Yeah, like... but I didn't know that at the time. Because right, right, I, right. I don't really do Call of Duty ones. Right. Those aren't my thing. And so I was just like, that's a weird t-shirt for that guy. <laughs> just be... And he was just like... Yeah, I'm a big supporter. Yeah, I know. I was like, that's... Global conflict, yeah. <laughs> These modern wars just <laughs> don't have... They don't have what the old ones have. Um, but it is interesting for them because you know to go back and you're you're kind of you've got restrictions there like yeah. i like the idea that they're maybe doing away with the re regenerated health thing because it's making it a little bit more uh, realistic or old school and i guess that's kind of what conjures up by that that sort of time period anyway yeah no, you know, I, like I you're I gonna agree. have crap you can't have super high-tech guns with with crazy laser sights you know? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no i've been like I mean, I hate the COD games, but I used to love them. I just, and I've still been buying them. Last year was the first time I was like, no, I'm done. I really am yeah. done. Um, but the Kevin Spacey one was my last one. Yeah, that was fucking awful, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, but Battlefield 1 did World War 1 last year, and it did really well for them. Obviously, this will have been in production before then, so it's not a thing of, yeah, we're capitalizing that. The pendulum has definitely swung, because the thing is, people used to be fed, fed up of all those World War 2 mm -hmm. games, and then the pendulum swung to like near future and then far future, and it became more and more science fiction-y. Um, I never really went with that pendulum. I was always happy with it being yeah. World War because I preferred that slower form of gunplay. Yeah, yeah. My only problem with this is it's Call of Duty. They've released a trailer. If you see this trailer, it looks like any other Call of Duty game. It's just like endless barrage of explosions and action, people shouting. And that's why I'm interested with the health not regenerating is if they'll still make it feel like other Call of Duty games. Because for me, going back to that era, part of the app thing that appetizes me about it is not chilling it out but just creating tension in other ways than shouting at you yeah i guess the thing is like it's since they'd done the last sort of world war two or one games like the style of call has moved on like you know, they're basically sort of playable movies now like yeah. all these cut scenes where you you know you kind of get taken in this massive set piece so i guess i'd be interested in just them applying that style to you world know the, the a world war two like a story because mm -hmm. The ones I remember playing in the World War Two weren't as story driven as that kind of were, but not to the same extent that you get now. So I suppose I'd be interested to see how they apply that and whether it makes it feel fresher and less like you're just, you know, push right when it tells you to push right and hammer the B button or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I but don't, maybe I, I'm being overly optimistic. Yeah, I genuinely feel it's still like just going to feel like a COD game mm. uh, with a different skin on it. Which well, that's, that's probably exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm like, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely going to play this one. Whereas if they had another near future one, I'm not going to. Like yeah. for me, if you want your future FPS online shooters, play Titanfall Two. Like it's the best. It does that better than Call of Duty does it anyway, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah, and I'm happy to go back. It makes you interested because COD is obviously out every year and they've got three different um, developers working on them simultaneously. So it's like, well, is the one next year going to be mm. World War Two as well? Or are they going to go back into the far future? Or are they going to, you know... Have they done space yet? Yeah, the last one was right. in space, okay. Infinite Warfare. Yeah, right. Um, where it was just starting to become Halo, basically. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's what I would rather see them just go... I'd rather see them do an Assassin's Creed and just be like, all right, let's try an egyptian one let's try a have, greek one let's try guns yeah. no but you have like archery <laughs> like and you have like you know they'll make it work you know, <laughs> jazz that shit up <laughs> <laughs> um but there's plenty of wars i feel like you could do there's <laughs> more, the more wars to exploit why don't we do a true modern death. war where it's just people behind a computer yeah. <laughs> just yeah. cyber hacking each other mm-hmm. let's make that call of duty <laughs> game um coders rejoice the NES Classic, I mentioned it earlier from the other podcast I was on, um, but yeah, we should mention the NES Classic has been discontinued. Uh, it came out last year. It was plagued with stocking issues. No one could get hold of the fuckers. They've been sold for tons of money online, even though you're meant to be able to buy them for like 80 bucks or whatever. Um, the last flux of hardware is now installed, so if you want to get it, jump on that because all the eBay prices will be stupid now because they are gone for good. Um yeah i said it on the other podcast my opinion on this i, I got an s classic it's a great little thing there's dumb stuff with it in terms of like the controllers had about a foot and a half wire lengths on them you like never play it i know i took it with me on our shoot and i played it a few times but yeah not that much because i'm not really into nes games if there's a snes one i'd play the shit out of that but um so are we gonna go like sell it and go on holiday or something yeah it's worth a few hundred bucks so yeah you can sell them it's not enough to go to on holiday that's where you're going <laughs> it's enough to go to the bar <laughs> ollie's going to um where's he going to he's going to budapest yeah budapest and he said the whole trip cost him 600 pounds for a five-star hotel um all your foods included the flights are included like all this stuff so we're gonna go with ollie to budapest i told him it's probably a hostel and he's gonna get not a Aww. hostel but the film hostel and some attractive woman's gonna like you've been to budapest five. budapest no. is awesome no i'm sure it is i'm just saying from that amount of money for the stuff they're promising him was like that sounds like budapest? a trap why not budapest is a great city i'm not talking about budapest i'm talking about the trap of the price that he's paying for the package he's getting oh. saying that sounds like a trap it's like when I first moved to LA and they were like, oh, this room is only 800 It was like $800 a month or something. And I was like, okay, it's kind of small. It's not in the best location, et cetera. And they're like, oh, there's only one bed and it's just a mattress on the floor and I sleep on the other side of it. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm out. Thank you so much. Like, uh, toe to head? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do we get this classic to use? <laughs> So you're talking about going on holiday with us selling ours. Oh, oh yeah, how much selling our money with the spoils yeah. we're going to get. With the spoils of our NES. Classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just don't understand this classic when it came out because it was like had 35 games, whatever, wrapped into it and no way to download new ones. And then the Switch comes out and it doesn't have a store in it with uh, virtual consoles. So you couldn't buy the old games. It's like Nintendo need to embrace one of the two options of we want to give them money. Let us give them money. Wait, is there any uh, talk that they will release a mini SNES the same way? The, the, oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's oh, already right. talk that I was. I'd be interested. I don't believe that's going to happen after this. Um, unless they just decide, you know what? Because they did. They sold well. Did this. they just not anticipate how popular it would be, so they didn't invest in that's production? That's what they claim. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. For me, the Switch coming out day one, not having a virtual console in terms of they're not going to give us the old games we've already bought because Nintendo don't do that. They want you to buy Super Mario 3 for the fifth time on a new fucking thing. Mm. But they don't even give you that option. And that's bewildering to me. It's like, just put what Nanez Classic was into the Switch architecture and let us buy those games. Everything should be available all the time. Yeah, no, anywhere. And moving forward, like, so I mean, obviously Xbox is the right idea. Backwards mm. compatible is getting there, luckily. Yeah. Like, they've got like 300 plus games now. Mm. Um, it's not, yeah, the same though. But, but I'm sure moving forward with, the, with Microsoft and Sony, that'll be true. Mm-hmm. Nintendo just don't have their act together, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, a little bit of Friday the 13th news. The video game. Uh, Gun Media's Friday 13th game finally has a release date. And it's going to be next month. No way. What? May the 26th. Really? For Official? PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It's going to be priced that's $40 for a digital copy. By the way, that's this month. Are we in May? We're in May. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's this month. <laughs> uh, $40 digital copy. Only multiplayer will be available at launch. Um, single player mode will be added as a free upgrade in the summer. Uh, summer camp. Uh, it includes just three maps, Crystal Lake, Higgins Haven, and Pakanak Lodge. Mm-hmm. Is this online play or is this only like oh, is it couch player couch? I feel like it's only online. I was definitely online for sure. I'm just wondering if while you're still here, if I'm going to be able to play with you. Oh yeah, definitely online. Excellent. Definitely online. Have you seen the new trailer for this? No. Oh, I'll have to look up with this after so it looks fucking great. I mean, everything they've released so far looks fucking good. Yeah. I mean, it looked janky as hell, but just like the like, concept's so great. Mm. I don't care. Um, yeah, I'm a Kickstarter uh, funder for this one, so I'm, we're meant to be getting to our house like a special package of <laughs> stuff. So I will be that. there. Uh, Alien Five news. I think we talked about this last time you were on the podcast mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Well, the- Ridley Scott has now officially said that Neil Blomkamp's vision for Alien Five will never happen. Uh, open quote. I don't think you'll ever see the light of day. There was never a script, just an idea that evolved from a dozen or so pages. I had to participate as producer. But it didn't go farther because Fox decided it didn't want to do it. As far as I was concerned, I had already done Prometheus and I was working on Covenant. So? Well, so <laughs> arguably a bunch of this <laughs> is... Well, just who cares, what, who cares what you're doing, Ridley? <laughs> I like his liners. I had to participate as producer. <laughs> this is... um Oh. Pizza time. Yeah. Pizza, pizza. Hello? Unless they're like, you don't bring it. For the delivery, yeah. Can you buzz flat C? Thank you. That's some live pizza coverage. Um, can you press the key button when he buzzes that? Are you gonna make him come in? You gonna make him come in and walk up all those stairs? Not normally, but why not? Sometimes we just like to test them to see if they will do it. Yeah, I give him a good tip. Yeah, give him a healthy tip on the delivery system. Um, that doesn't go to him though. That goes to his overlords. No, it goes to his slave masters. um, Yeah, I was talking to someone about delivery system. He doesn't seem to be buzzing, does he? No, 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 no. Don't go down. We'll pause the show. Don't worry. Oh, pizza update. They went to the wrong house. So there's always there. Like every time I do this, there's the there's a problem with the fast food. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm cursed. You and usually the recording fucks up as well. But that is well. That was, come on. That was one time. Yeah. One time. No, that was. Uh, twice? At least three times. At least three times. Well, back in the olden days, it used to happen all the time. Oh Somebody, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, back in the golden olden days, yeah. we were talking about Alien Five. Um, yeah, so so that quote from Ridley Scott, and I don't want to say he's lying because that's litigious, but 
There is stuff in there which seems dodgy. Can I say he's lying? Yeah, you can. He's a fucking liar. <laughs> Ridley Scott is a liar. So he says in there there was never a script. Now, there was a previous interview with Sigourney Weaver saying that she loved the script for Alien 5. Now, maybe she was talking about a treatment and modeled her words. Who knows? Um, but it made it definitely sound it had been in development for quite some time that there was a version of a script. Probably not a shooting script, but a version of a script. Um, and then he goes into like saying it didn't go any further because Fox decided they didn't want to do it, which I believe. But as we've covered exhaustively before, like he was making Prometheus Covenant and that's what it was called. And then Neil Blomkamp came in and said, hey, I've got an idea for Alien 5. And they decided to make them both at the same time, basically. And then Ridley Scott's one took over and then suddenly, weirdly, his one came out as, oh, now we're going to change it from Prometheus Covenant to Alien Covenant. It's going to have a bigger alien like emphasis and guess what, Neil Blomkamp's film, let's just forget about it. Do you reckon it. it's just a simple case of Ridley Scott having rediscovered his kind of, I guess, affinity for the Alien franchise and now he doesn't want anybody playing with his toys? Yeah, I kind of do. Because I think he's setting up his own thing. And for sure, if an Alien 5 movie came out after this Alien Covenant, yeah, that's going to confuse the shit out of everybody. That's just the fact that he's gone on about, you know, it's now a prequel to a sequel to, you know, and he's talking about the whole... It's not, like we talked about this last time. Like he basically... It sounds like he only wants to make Alien movies now. Yeah. So, you know, in that in that regard, maybe he just doesn't want anybody else involved anymore and he wants complete control over this thing he's going to do for the rest of his career. Yeah, until he gets bored next year, probably. Yeah. But no, I agree. Like, I think it's very translucent with what happened and how things sort of came out and stuff Neil said and Ridley said that he was like, no, I'm doing Prometheus. It doesn't need to have an alien emphasis. For whatever reason, at some point, he got more interested in the alien side of it. Neil was talking to him at that point as well and Ridley definitely was like, no, I want to, like, do my thing with this stuff and I don't want other people doing it and Ridley's the kind of person no one's going to argue with him I would um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, Neil Blomkamp won't be getting to do his version of Alien um, from the sounds of things now Tom yep. at the end of this podcast uh, and I really should say this at the beginning of the podcast so maybe right. I'll record that and segue it in at some point right. in, a, in an organic fashion yeah, yeah. but we're going to be talking at the end of this movie uh, any of this podcast about Guardians of Galaxy 2 yeah. because it came out last week in the UK a few yeah. days ago we all went to see it it's mm -hmm. not out until America till this coming weekend uh, so we're going to be doing a spoiler free review and then a proper spoilery bit yep. afterwards uh, with forewarning for people but one of the things not to tread into either of our views that we were saying when we came out of it and we chatting to each other was that Marvel aren't overlapping as much as we'd expect with it they're not necessarily yep. touching on their other properties mm -hmm. as much as you'd expect it's pretty standalone mm -hmm. well Kevin Feig. Uh, Feige. Marvel. Feige, is that how you say it? Apparently it's Feige. Oh, I always okay. thought it was Feige. I always thought it was, yeah. Or f like it's beige. Like, be like beige. 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 You can be Kevin Feige to us. Mm. Uh, Marvel Studios Sorry, president... make you uncomfortable? ...has explained <laughs> in an interview with Cinema Blend <laughs> why overlapping stories isn't really something that they see, uh, that we see anymore in the Marvel movies. Oh, he said that or somebody asked him that? Uh, someone in an interview with Cinema Blend, he's explained why. Someone asked him, like, why aren't we seeing okay. that as much? And they do, it's on purpose, apparently. Okay. So, open quote. I think people like to talk about our long-term plans, which we certainly have, but very rarely do these long-term plans dictate specifically uh, of any individual film. It's usually the opposite. It's focusing on a story and focusing on the individual movie that we're making to do what's best. And then if something changes that we weren't quite expecting down the line because it was made for a better movie, then we deal with it down the line. I think that's what happened in phase one. We were telling them stories and having the crossover of Nick Fury talking about the Southwest region. And that was when the hammer fell. End quote. Um, so I think really it's just protecting their ass more. It's the idea of it. Of like, they want get out clauses more. 
and not to kind of like hem themselves in in order to allow directors more creativity which I get but the beauty of Marvel and what they sold us with Marvel is it all hems together and yeah and then they go and make like Age of Ultron is pure setup yeah like I suppose it may, maybe the counter argument to that as well. It's part two of a three. You know, it's a, yeah, we're in phase a, three right now. That was but, phase but three. But that, that, that was the big one for me that just the whole movie was just an in joke, or not an in joke, sorry, but like a, references to something else, or yeah. this is going to happen, or this, you know, this, we all can see how the threads are all pulling together here for something that's not going to happen in this movie, but in future subsequent movies. Yeah. And that was the big problem I had with that. So I'm not sure I buy what he's saying. Well, I think with phase three, I think he's like saying phase one. They did it too much. Phase two, I think they realized that maybe adjusted it a bit. Phase three, they're trying to let it stand alone yeah. a little bit more. Personally, I think that's a mistake because I think something people like about Marvel movies is that they could play it when they do it right. Just enough things for the fans, just enough things for people who aren't the fans, basically. Like you could go see Guardians 2 and see it for how we saw it, but there should be a level where you could go see it and see, oh, cool, here's all of the side things that are going to yeah, branch off. Yeah, yeah. I, I think just references or side conversations or like little blips of things sort of done it for me. I didn't yeah. need anything big. I didn't actually need to see any other Marvel characters. Or even just that's what the post credit scenes are there for. That's what yeah. they first put them in for. We're like, okay, here's the thing for the fans. Like you yeah. can watch the movie, Iron Man, but if you want that little thing at the end of it, that will be for the fans and will tie into the other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to it at the end of this podcast, but Guardians doesn't really have that mm-hmm. in the same way. Well, because that's how the byline, like the Guardians of the Galaxy will return, happened in the last film was in yeah. the post credits, and then they just did it after the regular credits this time. Yeah, which... they did it as soon as it finished. Yeah, anyway, we'll so get to go into it. Just nice to know, at least I guess that it is intentional, I suppose. Yeah, but I guess. whether we agree with their reasons, different matter. Uh, two final bits of news: Jeff Goldblum is going to be in the next Jurassic Woo! World film. No way. Yes way. You didn't know? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. As uh, Ian Malcolm? I presume that so. Na- that's his name. Yeah. 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 Ian Malcolm. Um, well done. That's a good mind. Just, I just plucked that. Just, I didn't like that. I didn't just think about it. Not from just the poster out, on the ceiling of your bedroom. That was like a reflex. <laughs> like, I, I, that's knowledge I just know somewhere in my head. I didn't have to think about it. Just yeah, nature found so that. I could be wrong. That's not Sam Neill's character. Malcolm no, sounds right. right. It's Malcolm. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm crazy excited about because I really enjoyed Jurassic World but I had the same problems with that as I did with Force Awakens and getting some old blood in there like Jeff Goldblum I think will be what that series needs yeah I agree because uh, Sam Neill was originally meant to be in, in well actually the original Jurassic Park f- uh, 4 that they tried to do for years was Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum teaming up traveling around the world trying to stop like an epidemic of dinosaurs that, that had, like, I remember you told me this years ago and it's always stayed with me as like that's the coolest movie I was <laughs> gonna say I would watch the shit out of that <laughs> um, but now it'd be Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum oh my god <laughs> like, shut like, up riding raptors <laughs> around the world I can't handle it <laughs> Uh, and then a final piece of news, which I just ruined because I was sitting there on the couch and went, do you want to talk about this, Tom? And you said, yep. So now we're going to talk about it. Uh, Variety is reporting that the wheels are in motion to seal David Fincher as the director for World War Z or Z2. Uh, filming should begin during the first quarter of next year if contracts go ahead. Well, I mean, the fact that they're like... The fact that it's World War Z two doesn't really mean anything because the first film had nothing to do with the book. Yeah, that you know there is no World War Z two. So essentially, you're talking about David Lynch doing a fast running zombie film. Yep. Which, yeah, sure. like, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy with this. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. done an action film since Pack Room. Maybe I don't know. Like he he does a lot of big blockbusters, but they're always 
like they're not mainstream blockbusters they're not action blockbusters or you know it's, yeah it's not he came from alien and yeah, the game and panic room and pretty tense like thrillery actiony films yeah and he hasn't done that in a long time Yeah, but I wouldn't say I'd say Gone Girl is like a slow boiling drama thriller. Like it's not like got, it's not yeah. If it wasn't his hand in that film, it's not like a you know, like World War Z. You could turn that into a Fast and Furious movie. You shouldn't, but you could. Don't um, give Vin Diesel any. Ideas. <laughs> yeah, Vin Diesel what needs to get involved doing? as a fast running zombie versus. Because if any of them dies in this one, then he's gonna be like, oh, now we're zombies. <laughs> fast and the Furious undead. Well, that, that's the, the connecting thread, though, isn't it, Brad Pitt? Between. Yeah, the, this, the, the problem is, is what like, uh, well, it's just not World War Z. Like, I don't. Yeah. What's, yeah. Well, the thing is, because there's so many things they could take away another World War Z story from from that book, but then it'd be a completely different film. In like a different era. No, I don't. I can find out for you. Because that would probably cement whether it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There is a new voice in the podcast. (laughs) Where have you come from, young lady? That was just my really good Australian accent. (laughs) You can go with that. (laughs) Uh, Now joining Tom. He's now a ventriloquist. Yeah, has an Australian accent. Now joining Tom in the podcast is his lovely girlfriend. I never ever say your name out loud because it terrifies me. Sonara. Sonara. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay. I'm used to it being pronounced very differently. Uh, can I just call times. you S? Yeah. Sure, go for it. Good. Then, uh, <laughs> great. Um, you have you read the World War Z book? Yeah, and it was great. Mm-hmm. It was so it was so um, creative in the in its um, episodic kind of nature and and it was a bit disappointing when the movie was so different to that and it was just like a bog standard kind of action movie yeah like the the world war is like the the book is awesome and the thing that the book did like me and you have watched an awful lot of shitty zombie movies over the years slow moving zombies fast moving zombies and when i read world war z it was like there was stuff in that book that i had never seen in any zombie movie ever like just some of the concepts like there's a bit and there's a Something just they mention in passing, I think, in the book of like when the, z- the zombies fall into like the ocean and the sea, like they don't die mm-hmm. and they still keep moving. So, like, you know, they're underwater, oh. that's mass army of oh, the undead, cool. you know, wash up on beaches okay, and cool. stuff. Yeah, I'll come down. It's Thank like you so stuff you never, never, you never think of. Pizza break over. They found a house finally. We ate pizza. All is good in the world. Um, pizza rating, I thought it was all right. It was a little bit cold. The base was okay. Wasn't I? I prefer you know that. that Tom doesn't approve of pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I didn't know that. Most people don't approve of pineapple on pizza. Most people are smart. <laughs> well, that's no, I think that's no. categorically that's really wrong. <laughs> incorrect. That's really, no. Um, so S, I looked up mm-hmm. the writers. It's, Give it to me. I said I wouldn't call you S. So that's why I'm going to call you for the rest of the podcast. You've had uh, my permission. World Apparently. War Z, two. Mm-hmm. I uh, like that we're going with the English pronunciation. I do not. We're in England. Deal with it. Uh, so you have the original writer is Stephen Knight. Um, okay. He, what else? I like you're looking up like, oh, Stephen Knight. Hmm. I um, feel like there was a Stephen De Knight that used to write on Buffy, and I will. I'm checking. I'm checking. Nope. No, not this dude. So this dude wrote Eastern Promises. Uh, he wrote Locke. He wrote that awesome, you know, that fantasy movie with Jeff Bridges called Seventh Son. Mm. He wrote not looking good so Porn far. Sacrificed. He wrote that cooking film Burnt. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was waiting for that to happen. Um, 
and he's writing i'm looking at the things he's got coming up i love this you know when you get an untitled movie on imdb it'll do the director's name so it's like untitled gore Verbinski project is yep. one that he's writing here okay however he's also writing an untitled robert f kennedy project what hmm. which is oh like maybe it's a about him a biopic yeah but that's not normally the context is it's the director's yeah, name strange. so it's kind of weird um but then it was rewritten by a guy called How dennis did this kelly guy get this gig and, um he's cheap uh <laughs> dennis kelly then rewrote it he has direct uh, written not much he wrote some utopia some spooks some pulling that tv show uh, mostly tv stuff he's rewritten okay. it uh not the most promising stuff right. going on there but utopia is supposed to be good i haven't watched it but I just like I always envisioned World War Z as like a faux documentary, you know, and I think I think that could work so well, and and maybe maybe that would be too out there to you know sell to Hollywood, I guess. But no, I, I think just... completely should have been like a found footage. But that's, yeah, that's the thing. World War Z is good because like it's it is so realistic like it's mm. done from such a a realistic point of view in terms of how society reacts and how the situation like because you get into like these really simple little nuanced stories that you don't normally see in big movies it's a lot more realistic like isn't there like one where there's like a guy a, a kid who like stays in his room the whole time and he's been just hiding out in his room yeah. playing games for months and before it finally you know gets too close to him and he yeah, has to yeah, do yeah. something you know stuff like that um, so this is a shame. Like the first one was just such a generic right. budget, just an action. Right. Are you saying Brad Pitt isn't a genuine way that you'd react to a zombie apocalypse? Um, Brad Pitt was actually okay in it. I thought. But this but, is the thing. I think World War Z. I mean, I haven't thought about that film since it came out. To be honest, but I remember at the time being like, "This is completely fine." If it wasn't made based from this on book, something yeah. That was just watching really it as a dumb unusual. action film, it's like this is actually a, a cool, enjoyable movie. Yeah. But based on that book, there could have been so much more. And that's just what's frustrating about it. Do you think it's just a hard sell to do a movie that doesn't have any particular plot line or story? Well, I, I think it also, that one, the World War Z book screams anthology. And Hollywood doesn't want to make an anthology movies because they don't make money normally. Um, so it's kind of, to get one director to do it, they're not going to want to jump around like that. They're gonna, unless you're making Cloud Atlas. Isn't it kind of funny how, like, I guess since World War Z came out that the like the thing now is exactly what not maybe not an anthology but worlds mm -hmm. like you know the world war z universe where yeah, you, have, yeah, yeah. you know funny you've got everything now is a universe and a world and you can make all these infinite movies set in the world war z apocalypse yeah which fuck they probably will do actually now that i've thought of it but i'm more interested i would like to see not brad pitt and just see a whole different story in it but but set david fincher yeah. will be interesting yeah. at least i think yeah because david and it's been a while for me since he's made an impeccable movie so what was his last impeccable movie well so i mean you know my rule with david fincher my rule with david fincher was always and i'm gonna have to look him up to make sure i don't miss something but for me it was always he would make one really really interesting failed great movie <laughs> and then a genius movie and then an interesting failed great movie and then a genius movie for me like not for everyone obviously mm -hmm. and he never broke that until i think his last couple of films um so not to go off what, on social a, network yeah that was one of my favorites um so that yeah failed no, that was a genius movie yeah, for me. Okay. Although most people don't oh, classify that as a genius movie. I think um, that's great. But for me, like Simon, yeah, Alien 3, for me, I actually really think it's a great movie, but it's a failed movie, but it's brave and cool. Then 7, genius movie. The game for me is a failed great movie. 
and then um, Fight Club genius movie Panic Room is another failed great movie for me mm-hmm. and then Zodiac for me is a genius movie Curious Case of Benjamin Button is a failed Ooh, but I think it's a I think it's got great moments but it's just failed then Social Network which for me is a genius movie but since then it's done to go with Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl and neither of them for me were genius they're both you know I thought Gone Girl was pretty much pretty up there Great. Gone Girl was yeah. fun yeah it was fun but it was just it was too like I just I, I really enjoyed Gone Girl a lot mm. But, but for me, it like wasn't genius. Yeah, it didn't speak to me it. personally like his other films did. And I the ending, for me, was a bit too goofy. I was the most impressed with Gone Girl because it was one of the films in a long time that most stuck to the book. Like, because I read the book before seeing the film, and I was most impressed with it just for that fact. I mean, you kind of have to with that storyline, but at the same time, it's it's so rare to find yeah someone who doesn't want to take it under their own. People, yeah, I've read the book and then, yeah. No, 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 I wouldn't say anything bad about Gone Girl, yeah. really. I just, it wasn't like Seven or Fight Club or Why Social Why do you Network hate Ben Affleck so much? <laughs> I love Ben Affleck. I do. Um, more rats. And Phantoms was the bomb. Uh, no, he was the bomb in Phantoms. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right. Although I do hate Kevin Smith now, so there <laughs> is like a, yeah, double-edged blade. All right, that's all the news is of the day so let's move quickly into releases what is coming out not much in the u.s really there's only one film out this week and it is guardians of the galaxy volume 2 which we're going to be talking about at the tail end of this but i'll tell you what let's talk about now a spoiler free version of it because we can do that pretty briefly i feel since we've all seen that movie yeah uh and then we'll do the spoiler thing at the end yeah so we'll saw guardians briefly let's start with tom how do you feel about it and just to state, like, say how much you love the first one, whether you do or you don't. Okay, um, I thought the first one was great. I mean, like, you know, one of the best Marvel movies to date, I think. Um, and I think my feelings in the second one are tied to the first one. I think they kind of, it kind of, it's inevitable. Like, um, my the second one, it's really good fun, great time in the cinema. If you love the first one, you'll have a great time. But it suffers because the first one was so fresh. And you met all these cool new characters and, you know, you, you came together with them and they went in this kind of crazy adventure and you were kind of, it was kind of new and it was fresh and exciting. And the second one kind of suffers from the fact that, yes, you're back with these kind of interesting and fun characters again. You have an interesting and you have a fun time, but it doesn't, it, for me, it kind of lacked that excitement. Like there was something just not quite there with it. Um, and that's also to do with the, with the plot, well, with the story and how it pans out, and you know, and um, I don't know how much I can say with it. So, well, how far are we going with spoilers? No, I think you're good. You're giving a general impression of like, would you recommend it to people? Basically, this is for people who haven't seen it. I mean, Do overview is like, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of the first one, you're gonna love it. Like, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, just getting to spend time with those characters again is, you know, a fine two plus hours in the cinema. Yep. Yeah. Uh, S. You could just call it Sonara by a second. <laughs> Hanslick. That's easy. That's <laughs> equally S. awful. It's like hands lick. Like, <laughs> just like, You're not welcome on this podcast again. Uh, I yeah, I think I feel similarly to Tom that it was really fun. It was just like a good time, but maybe um, like maybe a bit bloated. You know, like it felt a bit sort of overly long to me, I suppose. But um, but definitely a spectacle. Definitely funny. Like, you and liked it more than I did when we came out. Yeah, I think so. Did you like the first one? Yeah, okay. but it's hard not to, you know? It's it's in, sort of infectiously fun, and I think this carries that through. 
And yeah, like Tom said, if you like the first one, you're going to like the second one. But maybe, I guess in the context of like, um, like I remember when there were screenings of, they showed the first 30 minutes at, at Comic-Con or something like that. And mm-hmm. and people were tweeting like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Well, and it, too. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And in that context, maybe people will be disappointed if they're expecting like an absolute you know kind of blow blow your mind experience like it was just fun for me i I can see like if i had seen the first 30 minutes of that on a preview i would have been i would probably be even more like not that i'm disappointed but if i had seen the 30 minute first 30 minutes of that previously yeah i'd be like oh my god this is gonna be fucking class and then but this is kind of my problem with the movie and i because it doesn't sustain that and it when it starts to bring in the plot and you know as the movie progresses it doesn't match up with the sort of with the excitement of the first half and the excitement of the first one and you know how it maybe world hops and develops its action literally yeah Watson um yeah not to like reiterate what's already been said but I kind of came out a little bit disappointed just because I really did love the first one so much like the first one was like my favorite Marvel movie ever made and I think it just kind of made me sad that they didn't that they didn't go more original with it. Like it was, I just felt like it was kind of the same jokes. And they were like, "Hey, remember we were really funny, and you love those people who were really funny, so you'll really love this." And it was kind of cool just to be back with those characters again. But at the same time, it was like you still expect more. If you're gonna make another film, you have to give me something else. Um, so I would definitely say to go and see it, <clears throat> but I would say to just be excited to go and see another Guardians movie and not think that it's going to be better than the first one because it's not, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we're on roughly the same yeah. page, like different, you know, iterations of it. But yeah. yeah, for me, it's really simple. It's like, yeah, if you love the first movie, then you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of this one. It's no, it isn't in any way it's focused. It's in no way I don't think it's powerful, which is weird because it's telling a more personal story. Um, but yeah, like Tom kind of hinted out, and we'll get into it later in the spoiler review, but it doesn't get to its plot till halfway through the movie, really three quarters way through the movie to really understand what's trying to be achieved. And it's, it's essentially this move of, <coughs> hey, do you like these characters? you want to hang out with them? Then watch Guardians too. Like, it's, you hang out with them and it's fun for that, but it is completely disposable. If you haven't seen the Guardians movie, do not start here. Go back <laughs> to the start. And um, so it's really, I mean, if you've seen the first one, you're going to go see this and you should, and you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Don't, it won't be as good a movie. And I doubt many people will think it's as good as a movie. Um, but it is it is close like it really is it's just it's more disposable is the problem like you get to the end and you realize oh I didn't need to take that journey I just did because it was fun um, whereas with the first one I felt I learned stuff. yeah and I, I guess it's like any sequel like I mean you, you expand and you know there's more characters you get more time with them you know it's I was going to say you go to more places but you, did, but you definitely don't mm-hmm. um, but you know it, yeah I, I like the fact that it brings in other members like other cast members like so Michael Rooker has a bigger part in this I really didn't like him in the first one, but I like how they kind of they bring him in and develop that a bit more, and you know he becomes a bit more the of, of the of the family, and you introduce new characters who are interesting. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we'll talk about it at the end. But for me, to a fault, they make all the characters more interesting. Yeah, um, which I think is an a- amiable thing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm oh no, I don't agree with that. I don't know, but I mean more depth. 
Like they give more depth to nearly all the characters and more empathy to all the characters. Um, we can get into it at the end. All right, okay. <laughs> so I, I, there's one character in particular that I completely disagree with. Okay, well I'm not. I mean, you know, there's a lot of characters. So when I say all the characters, I'm talking about the majority of characters. Like characters Stanley that I didn't is care really about. underdeveloped. In this guy, <laughs> this one, really. yeah. Right. So what else is coming out in the US? Not really much. That's it. Um, there are a few other little films, but I weren't big enough to mention. In the UK, we're getting Sleepless, directed by Baron Bo Odar and starring Jamie Foxx, Michelle Monaghan, and Scoot McNary. I love Scoot. Um, a cop with a connect. This is this. Is, I just watched a trailer with you guys. <laughs> this is what the official synopsis is on IMDb. A cop with a connection to the criminal underworld scours a nightclub in search of his son. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what. It, that's what it says. And then I watched that trailer. I was like, this does not seem like what that trailer so was at a, all. So a dad is waiting up for his son to come back from the club <laughs> and he doesn't, so he goes looking for him. That's what that makes it sound like. It's like the, the trailer looked much more... Because I'm pretty sure that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of your life. Um, like, yeah, the trailer looks bog standard to me. It doesn't look like a bad film. It just doesn't look interesting in any way. But, it uh, looks like it's sort of trying to be the next Taken, maybe. Cross with John Wick. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Taking that John Wick, I mean, not as exciting as either of those. Well, we like we, we like the trailer we watched earlier. So the new trailer is different. We saw a, a, a previous trailer in the cinema, and it was half the length, and it um if if it, it didn't yeah it was a bit more like played up the sort of undercover aspect of it or something. Okay. And I, I remember it came on and it was like almost like a parody trailer for a parody movie. It was the most generic thing I've ever seen, like. And having watched the other one, the the new trailer earlier, it's like I don't really understand why you would want to go see this. No. Other than, I mean, I guess it's like us watching any shitty old horror movie. Yeah, it's true. Like, you know, if you're into that you genre, you know what you're gonna get a slasher yeah. movie. So, but you just like the form, so you go with it. So, yeah. But for non-genre fans, non-training day fans, yeah, like, why bother? Yeah. Um, and there's another one that looks to me like that, which is Unlocked out this week by directed by Michael Amted, who did Masters of Sex, Enigma, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Uh, actors are Numi Rapaz. How do you say her? I name? would say Numi Rapaz. Rapaz. Orlando Bloom, Michael Douglas, Tony Collette, John Malkovich. Quite a cast, especially Orlando Bloom. Don't forget Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Um, uh, oh shit! Yeah, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the official IMDb synopsis up for this. So one second. Do you know what's interesting about both these trailers? And I noticed this with something else recently. Oh yeah, the last time I was on, we talked about that Chips movie. Yes, we did. And. Uh, but I think both these films, like Sleepless and that the other one, you just with yeah, generic title, um, they all seem to hint at uh, crooked cops or like you know somebody's not who they say they are, and like I swear any trailer that ever does that, the next like they'll cut yeah the whoever they cut to next to the trailer the is almost certainly the yeah, crooked yeah, cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, they cut to some dodgy looking guy who's like a B movie bit part actor. <laughs> Um, so the synopsis for that one is a CIA interrogator is lured into a ruse that puts London at risk of a biological attack in case the trailer didn't say that enough London yeah. London under, under biological, biological attack, attack. Yeah. Um, that one looks even more boring to me than Sleepless to be honest despite the great cast if it like it looks boring as hell but I, I, in all honesty if I had seen a movie come out say, called London under biological attack yeah. I would be excited to go watch it definitely more than Unlocked yeah yeah I agree. Um, a Dog's Purpose is coming out in the UK. That's been out in the US for a while and <laughs> making monies. Um, Did we talk about this the other night? Yeah. We? Didn't we talk yeah, about this? We talked yeah. about it. Yeah. It, it made My life. favorite <laughs> description of that movie was um, 
holocaust for dogs (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) it's just a dog dying repeatedly (laughs) and being reincarnated why would you want to see it but an actual dog has died in the making of it right yeah you're saying like they've been well i don't know the exact story and i should probably look it up before i keep propagating it but i so in in the states it was meant to come out for for instance like it was going to come out in december and then it got it stopped being like adverted out for december and all of a sudden it was going to be out in february so it took a jump in in a couple of months and everyone was all about it because america loves dogs and then nobody wanted to touch it and so it just came out as the scandal that something was happening like the dogs were being abused or not fed properly or something like PETA got a hold of it and got upset um and so it got bad press and it like completely ruined um the coming out of it for the states still made money so made 64 million dollars which isn't loads but it's, you know mm-hmm. i mean okay yeah put a cute animal in something and people yeah the yeah that's true uh, so the official IMDb synopsis for that one is A dog looks to discover his purpose in life Over the course of several lifetimes and owners See, com- You just it comes have to, to watch conclusion- a dog dying over and over and over It comes again. to the conclusion Chinese snacks That was his purpose That oh. could be a good movie if you went Like if the dog had like an inner monologue And it was kind of like quite existential and it was Bill Murray Yeah like black and white The dog kind of smoked cigarettes chance. And <laughs> contemplated his life Oh Jesus yeah, yeah. Anyway that's out uh, and the last movie out in the UK, it's Mind Horn, directed by Sean Foley, starring Essie Davis, Andrea Riseborough, and Kenneth Branagh. A has been activist known for playing the title character in the 80s detective series Mind Horn must work with the police when a serial killer says that he will only speak with Detective Mind Horn, whom he believes to be a real person. This looks suitably English. <laughs> I think it looks really good. Really? And I'm not just saying that because I work at for the PR company <laughs> yeah I would, I would personally I wouldn't go into this movie but that's just it, it's, I think it's it looks very really Johnny English or yeah I don't like mixed with or Austin Powers Partridge or yeah, yeah it's in, there's a very fine line for me with that stuff and yeah. most of these films don't hit it for me no but. it's to me do you ever watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place no it's like a old channel four half hour um, kind of comedy that was based it was this the, the conceit of the show was it was like an old eighties kind of naff horror series set in a hospital, um, so it's like and it's like a, a making of of that. So it's meant it looks crap and it's meant to be crap. Like it's sort of eighties. Everybody's a really bad actor in it and right, they right, forget right. their lines and stuff. So it's really good actually. Check it out. But it's basically that crossed with Austin Bars. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Which you know, I, well I would done. Go, You're which doing I good PR. You're selling it to me more than the trailer did. <laughs> Go see it. Uh, oh. <laughs> you should get paid more for this. What is coming out in the video games? Um, not, not much actually uh, digital. There's, normally there's a whole tirade of oops, just fucking bizarre titles that you can't believe exist. Um, but this week it's mostly Prey is coming out on Xbox One and PS4. And Dreamfall Chapters is coming out to PS4. Uh, Dreamfall Chapters has been out on PC already. Uh, it is the third game in the Dreamfall series, which are great games. Love, love, love. Isn't they're called the Longest Journey games. Very cool. Uh, I haven't played this one, so I don't know how cool this one is. And Prey is... Uh, well, that's actually the game that you talked to me about the other night. We were like, should I get Prey? Just it's- because I am uh, the sort of standard uh, casual gamer. Not, maybe not even. But like, I'm only aware... I think I said this before. I'm only aware of the sort of big budget games or the ones that get advertised in, you know, the tube mm-hmm. or whatever. So I'll see stuff like that and I'll maybe check it out and see what it is. So I saw Prey and I saw that it was Bioshock in space. 
which it was enough to pique my interest. So I asked you about it and you said, don't get it. Well, I don't mean that emphatically. Like it's, and again, I haven't full disclosure. I haven't played the full game. I've played uh, some bit at a uh, expo and then the demo is up. So you can, I would just say go play the demo. That's up. Um, but yeah, I think Bioshock in, in space is really a good way to describe it. But Bioshock now was what, 2008? The original Bioshock? Something like that, like a long time ago. Um, maybe longer even. Um, and this one, it's... <sighs> It did feel old to me. It just felt like this would have been a truly great game that I would have been very excited for if it had come out five years ago yeah. or longer. Um, it's it. I don't know. Like the reviews have been pretty solid, um, but not that excitable. Um, but maybe I would need to wait and see how well it's doing. But for me, it doesn't look like a must buy. It looks like a yeah, maybe <laughs> when it's in a you know budget thing. But um, but I'm also kind of a bit burnt out on space stuff. Personally. <laughs> I just kind of don't need any more walking down corridors. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing, when I, when I saw Bioshock in space, I just thought uh, Bioshock Infinite, which yeah. not necessarily the first two, first two Bioshock. I just thought that because I have such uh, goodwill and strong and feeling memories about that uh, that game. Yeah, no, yeah I, I kind of hate, love that game. Um, What's the hit? In Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, let me, that's, not, that's not good. Oh, the combat. <laughs> Oh. For me, like the artistry and the narrative is great in that game, and then the shooting is awful. Like right. it's just awful. But, um, on the Blu-rays in the US, we've got the Windmill coming out, which is the Windmill Massacre, which we keep talking every time it gets released because it's the film Tamra is in. Is she there? Uh, the Curse of Sleep and Beauty comes out. Hunting Grounds comes out. If you want some more uh, uh, Yeti horror, Galaxy of Horrors Rings comes out, which is really bad. Uh, A Dog's Purpose comes out in the US. Beyond the Gates, which we all saw uh, Fright Fest. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, which was not great but not the worst uh, The Red Turtle comes out on Blu-ray highly recommend fantastic Gold the what's his name that dude Gold Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. Oh. thank uh, you oh uh, yeah that one comes like, out on Blu-rays I Am Not Your Negro The Age of Shadows uh, One Piece has both the gold film weirdly uh, and Heart of Gold if you're into One Piece One Piece Gold is apparently I've yet to watch it but apparently the best One Piece film I ever made so I'm excited uh, right now, wrong then, which is a great-looking uh, Japanese film, and then on 4K you're getting 310 to Yuma and the Expendables one and two. Yeah, I don't know why just one and two. There's more Expendables, isn't there? There's a third one, yeah. Yeah, why don't you do three? Maybe, maybe I missed it. It was uh, Expendable. Yeah, very good. Well done. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> out of the films coming out in cinemas, I would suggest uh, Guardians. I'm guessing you guys are going to pick Dog's Purpose. What of everything? <laughs> <laughs> everything we've talked about is obviously yeah. Guardians. Yeah. Guys, okay. No, uh, no, actually, Manhorn is probably the most. <laughs> it's, probably the superior, it's probably the superior movie this week. <laughs> uh, for me, with the games, actually, I'm more way more excited for Dreamful Chapters. It's a very, very cool uh, emotional game. And with the Blu-rays, I am going to pick, without a doubt, actually, the Red Turtle. Um, it's a yeah, fantastic fantastic movie one of the best animated films i've ever seen any picks from there from you guys anything that picks you that you suggest to people that you've seen i have not seen any of them so clearly a dog's purpose (laughs) (laughs) i'll pick on cinema dog's purpose pick on blu-ray and dog's purpose okay can we talk about guardian spoilers now nearly (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Go to the box office this week. 
Number 20 in the box office is Phoenix Forgotten, showing that found footage movies have indeed been forgotten. Uh, this is the new Alien found footage movie. Holy um, shit, there's an Alien found footage movie out and I have never heard of it. Cinemas, That's yeah. how bad. Yeah. It's not out over here yet. It's out in America. Right. Number 19 is Logan. Uh, yep. Probably going to fall out to charts just in time for the black and white Logan to turn up. Mm-hmm. Number 18, Power Rangers. Number 17, The Case for Christ. What? You're going to make a case for him. It's all lawyers. <laughs> saying, look. Here's proof. Number 16, Kong, colon, Skull Island. Number 15, The Promise. Number 14, Slate. Slate? I know that film. <laughs> Does it have a question mark? S-L-E. <laughs> it's, it's spelled like sleigh, like sleigh bells, oh, but with slight. a T at the end. So it's Slate, is it? Slight? Is that how you spell Slate? Am I that stupid? Maybe. Like, no, that's maybe. It's usually S-L-I-K. That is Slate. Yeah, Slate, that's the... Like an it's, insult. No, it's like the... Um, <laughs> It's like no, Chronicle. Any, oh, really? It's like a, like a guy gets super... He's like a magician. Oh. And he get, like, learns... It looks pretty cool. Oh, it's actually. like sleight of hand. Yeah, we saw oh, the Twitter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it found footage? It's like Chronicle? Or? No, no, it's found footage. But okay. it's kind of like that. Um, he's a kid who... It's like a... It's like a hood movie, I guess. He's a kid and he's struggling. And then he's got some... You know, he gets into some trouble or whatever. But he's also like a street musician. And then he like learns actual magic or something. Mm. I guess he's super okay. The trailer looks pretty cool. Cool. I've heard of it. Uh, 13 is Get Out. 12 is The Lost City of Zed. 11 is Born in China. 10 is Unforgettable. 9 is Gifted. 8 is Smurfs, colon, The Lost Village. 7, Going in Style. 6, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, get out of that fucking top 5, Beauty and the Beast. Number 5 is A Circle, a film which is sold on the back of Tom Hanks, isn't it? But apparently yeah. it doesn't have Tom apparently Hanks really in it. not in it that much. Uh, 4 is The Boss Baby. And our top 3 films. At number 3, great, a word that I cannot say. Bahu Bali 2, colon, the conclusion. Surely a Bollywood movie. Number two is How to Be a Latin Lover. And at number one, of course, Fate of the Furious. Uh, which is made. Hang on, How to Be a Latin Lover? Yeah, yeah these are worldwide grosses. So. Yeah. Oh. No, that that one's being adverted in, in LA. Yeah, but I mean, these are, I think like, this is a worldwide box office. So. I can't remember now. I think it's got a very famous like Mexican or yeah. Latin actor in it and okay. so it's done well well i can't think of her name right countries. now it's like i can see her face but oh salma you don't, you yes, you don't you. usually but get... it's actually the guy yeah he's also well known mm-hmm. you don't get self-help videos in the top <laughs> box office usually though you do have to go the word latin and lover in Not the latin, title. unfortunately <laughs> um yeah we haven't really talked about fan furious it's made lots of money big surprise all right now gonna do the intro outro quickly um because then we're gonna talk full spoilers and we're gonna let you know as soon as that happens um so you don't need to worry about it if you don't want to know anything about guardians that you don't already know from the trailers telling you everything um we are tessellate a production company run out of london la and tokyo you can head over to our url website type in we are tessellate and you can link out to all our social medias um we are geeks is a podcast that you're listening to where you can currently get our show that's like this every tuesday topical news on games and movies but every single friday you're going to get a horror podcast uh at the moment we're just rounding off our nightmare on elm street podcast with me and alex i believe the next uh, episode going up is actually going to be the remake um which is kind of fun um every time i go back to that movie i really pinned it down this time when i went back to the, the movie this time and figured out what it is that's missing with it and I feel it, it's something you can actually do in the editing room. Um, so have a listen to that. 
Um, and every Wednesday, uh, sporadically, but most Wednesdays, we have a podcast called Hollywood and Wine, talking about stuff to do in the industry. That's run by Adrian Ald, our friend of the show. And is that all the podcast right now? I think. Yep. And then we were. I announced a couple of weeks ago. It's good Tom's here for this. I announced a couple of weeks ago uh, that our next one, taking over on the horror channel, was going to be New French Extremism. We're putting that on the shelf for now until we've got a bit more time to cover that. Just too extreme. That was just too much. Just too too French. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot to cover with that. Um, so we're definitely going to get around to that at some well, point. We figured we'll wait until the results of the, the French election because that could be oh. a different type French of New extreme, French extreme. Yeah, French, yeah, exactly. gotcha. Very nice. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're actually going to be doing the Invasion films. Um, we've just got five movies. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the 50s. Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the 70s. The Body Snatchers in the 90s. Uh, the Faculty yeah. Um, and then, uh, what's it called? The Invasion uh, with Nicole Kidman from the noughties. Um, and me and Katie will be running that show. And I think we're going to have, we've got, we've got like three people at the moment who want to be involved. So we're going to have at least three of us yeah. on that show. Um, and they will start going up straight away after Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and then towards the end of that, we'll let you know what our next show is going to be. Thank you very much for your support. Please do go to iTunes. Do type in We Are Geeks and give us a rating because it actually helps us uh, get discovered a lot more um, if you can give us a rating, even if it's a bad one. It actually just helps interacting uh, with us. Uh, and be we nice if you it. would stop getting on there, Tom, and just being like, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really helpful. We don't learn anything from it. Yeah, I really don't mind. You can say bad stuff. It doesn't matter. Just any interaction. We just need... We just need <laughs> we're in a room on our own. And we just need people to come there. up and talk to us. Um, okay, that is it. That's the rigmarole. Now we're going to talk spoilers gloves off about guardians of the galaxy volume 2 you have been warned from this point on that's all you're going to learn about if you've seen the movie stay tuned if you haven't seriously don't listen to this go and watch the movie and then come back tom bruce willis is a ghost (laughs) (laughs) in all movies yeah yes yes die hard 2 didn't really happen he died in the building in die hard one yeah um uh guardian well okay so picking up what what you were saying earlier um the yeah, the, the, funnily enough, the one character I don't think who gets any, um, anything to do at all is Gamora. Like the, what the green woman? Really? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, like, what does she do? She's, yeah, yeah, she's, she's there of... to kind of question what you know. He, t- she's there to basically say what the audience is thinking. Like this is this yeah, is she's not, the this is not quite right. Yeah, but like, she has but the struggle it. with her sister. That's oh, like that's her whole true. thing is with her sister. Yeah, to me that seems more of. Um, Nebula's story, like it's her redemption, you know. That but you learn about that. Gamora through Nebula's. But you don't story. really learn any. Because mm, you up to this point, you're like Nebula's or Gamora's like this great girl, and she's like can do no wrong. Well, when no, you like, find out a, that she was, no, but she's an of, assassin. Like she starts yeah. the first movie as a, like you know, a, a, a killer. So I don't, I don't, I don't really think that you get much from her. Hmm. Seems a little underused. And also, I thought at the end of the first one, they were like. Like, you know, there was romance happening there. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they make a point in this one because they have to throw it back because he, like, has to basically break the fourth wall and say, oh, we're like in a TV show where you think they're going to get together uh, and yeah. then they have to pull back yeah. on it because otherwise you'd lose your ratings. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because right, yeah. so it's they, more exciting. Right, it's it's right. an unspoken thing. Yeah. And for yeah. me, that was pushing it a little bit far. Like, all right, you're going to yeah. look a bit too cute with this now. <clears throat> yeah. Which for me is something to do with the whole film, to be honest. It's like, you're getting a little bit too cute was kind of my feeling with it. And I can take quite a lot of cute in my films. But in terms of the self-referentialness, which is a problem I feel popular sequels always have, like when The Matrix came out, was it was Reloaded the second one or was that the third one? Uh, yeah, Revolutions, Revolutions was the third one. Yeah, it? Revolutions was the third one, yeah. 
so even with Reloaded, I always talk about how it's, it's a great example for me of when you get a character that does well on the sidelines like Mr. Agent Smith, and then he goes out into the public and everyone's quoting Agent Smith and talking like him because he was a weird side character and it's kind of cool. But then by the time they made the sequel, that feeds back into the writers and the, and the creators. So then he's a main, he's the main bad in the yeah. next one. And, he, and there are literally thousands of him eventually. <laughs> and, and it's stupid and ridiculous and it doesn't work because I know he worked in his place and it was cool when he wasn't a light really big yeah. shot on him. And I feel Guardians, it's certainly not to that degree. Like I really enjoy Guardians 1 and 2. But there is a level of that with it of like, oh, people really like Groot. Let's put loads of Groot in here. Yeah, That was uh, Rocket for me. Oh, really? I thought he was so obnoxious and I just cringed. Every yeah, time. they make him, they turn everything up to 11, basically. Mm. And with the music, like, well, people queued in on our cool soundtrack from the first one. Let's make that everybody now is listening to 80s music. Like, everyone yeah. in the film keeps turning on 80s music. Yeah. You know, really? Um, and they really are kind of just having a little bit too much fun, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm, in, I'm enjoying that. It's just, I'm with you though, Tom. Like, for that first half of the movie, I'm completely sold. My brain kept going, there's no plot yet. I don't know well, yeah, what like, I'm hoping it's going to happen, but well, I'm having a well, great time. Well, we were time. saying earlier about the first. If, if, if you watch that movie up until I'm mean, guessing half an hour is half an hour in is when they crash land on the the planet, right before uh, Kurt Russell shows up. I think it's later than that, even. But, but that's, that's about like if if I had saw up to that point, yeah. Kurt yeah, Russell it's enters about half an hour in. Yeah, I'm your father. They see the Peter, guy on the thing. Yeah, I'm your father. Peter, cut. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck yeah, like yeah. this. Yeah, I'm totally so. This is going to be amazing, better mm-hmm. than the first one. But that's and that because that's the point where it switches. And I remember watching it, and as soon as uh, they split up, and you see uh, Quill and Gamora and Drax get on the ship, and they say, "Oh, keep hold the fort," and I'm thinking. Right. I hate when movies do this. You know, yeah. you establish this cool group mm-hmm. and then you split them up. Yeah. And I say, I know you're just doing the same old thing that everybody does, but I'm not really ready to have this group pulled apart. And then the fact that you spend the entire movie more or less. Apart, yeah. 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 It no, I agree. kills the... And they kind of shrug at it as well because they kind of try and... There's this line that comes when Quill suddenly turns to Rocket and it's like, are you just like, do you trying to make everyone hate you? Because you're doing a good job. <laughs> and it really took me by surprise because like, I didn't get that vibe at all. I got that everyone was ribbing off of each other and they were yeah. all fine with that. I just got, oh, Rocket's an asshole and everyone finds that adorable. But suddenly it was like, oh no, you're actually pissing people off. And then it turned really serious of, oh, Rocket mm. has internal struggles. It's like and, a forced plot line. Yeah, it felt yeah, really yeah. forced to me. And it's kind of what you're saying, Tom, like breaking them apart physically and a bit emotionally as well yeah. felt forced to me. It just felt yeah. like that's not... Like I felt at the beginning of the film, no, they're a tight team. They're like the way they're all interacting with Groot in that opening, that awesome opening scene. Yeah. Really showcases that. Like, oh, they're working together really well. Also, the plot is so obvious as well, you know, like this father shows up and and you know almost immediately that something's not gonna be right. And you know then you see um, Quill like being doubtful of it and then Gamora convincing him and you know at some point that that's going to be reversed and it's going to be the cliche of, of someone, you know, Gamora coming back to him and saying, oh, actually, I think your dad's a bit weird, like something's wrong here. <laughs> he's and, and then, of course, and then, of course, he's like, no, he's my dad. How dare you say that, you know? And it was just such a cliche. It was like I've yeah. seen this in so many yeah. like we, stories before. It's not anything interesting or new. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even my problem with it was that I could handle it if it came from one place. But this is what I kind of meant earlier. Yeah, not everyone. I'm kind of between the two of you. Yeah, I do think you get some development of Gamora, but yeah, not not as much as the others for sure. Um, but they try and give everyone an internal struggle of basically you get to the end. Like, oh, they're all really depressed. 
which normally for me would make me thrilled a comic book funny movie but actually they're internally all really lonely and depressed and them dealing with that i think it's great i think that's a really virtuous thing to try and do to try and flesh out michael rooker who i hate in all films to be honest but in in guardians i know my friend haruka who comes on the show she started watching guardians she got to michael rooker and turned it off what, in the first one yeah yeah i mean he's um, really unlikable as a face yeah and, as a, just, <laughs> yeah. and a voice yep and he always plays assholes. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was literally, I had a thought when I was watching Guardians 2 going like, I, didn't, I had a quick thought saying, have, has Michael Rooker ever played a nice guy? Just from the offset, just a nice dude. He doesn't have that face. <laughs> yeah, he's just a prick at every time, like everywhere. Yeah. I never enjoy him and I was kind of depressed to see him back at first, but then I was like, okay, they, they flesh him out. They're giving him context. They're giving him like, yeah, I feel empathetic for him. And then they do the same with what's Gamora's sister called? Nebula. Nebula, yeah. they do it with her as well. And I was like, well, a lot of my problems with Marvel movies, and I love Marvel movies, but is that they don't paint interesting baddies. I don't feel empathy for them. They're always just bad. And that's it. There's no depth. And DC, as much as I feel they're in a mess, they do, for the most part, paint more interesting um, enemies. Not, is... in all, not in all films, but I'm just saying, like, you look at the Batman roster, even the Superman roster is more interesting to me than most Marvel baddies. Um, so your side squad are all baddies? Yeah. Yeah. What Did about you hit this? Um, contextually, <laughs> the characters are more you interesting. Hit this, I, I fucking hate the film. Yeah, that's one of my worst ones. But Twitch just said he no, yeah, spoke the let's name. Let's not bring up this. Why I said it. I'm not talking about the film. So just talking about how DC write their characters. Um, and Marvel does struggle with villains. Like we could, I'm not going to go through them all, but like they're just yeah. The history I mean, of Marvel well, characters. Well villains are really established cool. by this point that Loki is the only good bad guy in the Marvel yeah. movies. Yeah, that's really it. And the other, like any other one that's good, like I actually think Ultron's really good, but he's just Robert Downey Jr. That's the whole point. Is he's just Iron Man. It's like they're just replicas of the heroes a lot of the time, and I hate it. And they even do it. Spoilers for Logan, with Logan, like his baddie, and that has to be himself. And I'm just like, I'm just, just please have some imagination. Um, and with Guardians, I really love that they tried to do that. That they tried to take the baddies and give them some depth with the, the old baddies. Then the new baddies they introduce are the sovereignty, I guess. Like, they're meant to be the big bad, uh, like, until you get to the very end of the movie. And they're meant to carry you through the movie as the threat until you get... And the problem with I didn't pick up on that. And yeah. the actual bad of the movie is Kurt Russell. And that's not revealed, obviously, because it's a twist or meant to be a twist. Right at the end of the fucking movie. So the whole film, we're just like, well... I mean, A, it's like you say, like, you know where it's going to go. But I keep presuming some other plot's going to turn up. Like, I keep presuming there's going to be some big, instigating, dramatic battle plot that's turning up yeah. and then you get to the end it's like oh no I was well particularly when you get to the post credit scene and you got the sovereignty talking about creating Adam and all this stuff it's like oh they are actually meant to be a threat <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't take that at all because they're playing video games in their like lounge yeah. which is amusing and that works fine as a side character but for your main propulsion thing it's like it's really weird it is just like watching a TV episode and like the the normal narrative structure of a movie isn't there. Yeah, that was I mean, that was my main takeaway from us. Like I came out like and I said this to you, uh, when we talked about it the other day. It's like it reminded me of Star the third Star Trek came out last year, mm-hmm. where it felt like the first Star Trek reboot was like an event and it was new and it was exciting. The second one was them on an adventure and you bring in um, Khan and you know it's all very exciting. And the third one just felt like an episode. Like I'm tuning into this week in Star Trek. It didn't feel like it had the the, the sort of heft or the weight or the it wasn't an event and Guardians had a little bit of that for me you know it was like if I'm only going to get like you know we'll have to wait another three four years for another Guardians movie if we get one like I, I want I guess I'm being selfish but you know if I'm getting a second movie with the Guardians I want to see them go on adventures to different worlds and meet different characters mm-hmm. and 
have a bit more of a like a <clears throat> like a Star Wars style adventure. Yeah. Whereas this is they go they split up. One of them goes to the planet and then we stay there for the entire movie. Yeah. It just feels like a waste. It's like oh, I could have done the scene more. I will say though, it is testament to me because yeah, I, would, I agree with you with the Star Trek Beyond comparisons of how it feels. But Star Trek Beyond, you look at that narrative, and there is a traditional film narrative there. Like they're kind of like it ends up somehow feeling like a TV episode. Yeah. It doesn't feel very consequential, but there is like a normal arc there. And yeah, I way preferred Guardians. Like I really didn't like that Star Trek Beyond. Film yeah. At yeah. All. Um, so I will say it's testament to just the characters are so great in Guardians that I don't mind for most of the movie. I'm kind of like gradually figuring out, oh, there isn't a plot to this, but I'm kind of fine with that, just hanging out with them until I get to the end. And for me, it's like a combination of one, just too much CGI. Just like it looked really great. It really did. But just an exhausting amount of stuff going on on that planet. <laughs> like just yeah. just like I don't need that much. And they'd run out of cool ways to shoot that stuff. They have a couple of very cool ways to shoot action scenes. And by that point, I've kind of run out of ideas. Um, and then just getting to the end and realizing, and we can argue about this because you're saying you, you're convinced that it will follow through in Avengers. But for me, you get to the end, they basically build up Chris Pratt's character, show him, oh, you're part God. You can do all these cool things. Let's show you how to do this. And then they take that away from him at the end. So it's like, all right, so none of this really needed to happen. Like, I didn't really need to see any of this. The next film in Avengers, when they turn up, probably none of this will have been necessary. But then again, before we chatting about earlier, this is you looking at it as part of a wide, like, you know, the Marvel thing. It's yeah. like, is it a standalone movie or is it not? Like, you can't, if you're going to criticize it for that, then... But I can criticize it, but that's what I mean. It's a standalone movie that's not satisfying me. As a stopgap movie, that's fine, as long as it then feeds into the next thing. You know what I mean? And for me, this as a standalone movie, it was fine. Like, I really yeah. enjoyed the first half, the second half, uh, and then you get to the end and you're like, Okay, if that was standalone, I'd be like, all right, I don't really know. I'd come back, I guess, for more adventures. But, but as a yeah part of the mesh, it's like, no, that doesn't work for me because you didn't net into anything. Like I home. did feel a little bit disappointed. Maybe especially because this is the first Marvel movie after Doctor Strange, which had an interesting way of ending it, whereas this is like, you know, they ultimately win by using a big bomb to blow up a planet. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really everything gets solved by nukes it's that yeah. old sort of it's the cliche, core, it's, the core you know? cliche. <laughs> it's like how do we kill it fucking blow it up yeah. and like and you know he's like a celestial like he ha he can control molecules yeah I thought mm -hmm. he was gonna like how how his father was teaching him how to create planets he was gonna uncreate the planet or something like that he was gonna yeah. use his power in reverse but he's something. just been blown up so surely he's not really dead yeah can't be Oh, you think he's not actually... Well, well just, you just blew him up. All you're doing is displacing those molecules. But he kind of, like, dissolved in stop-motion animation. <laughs> he's like yeah. an Etch-a-Sketch being shaken yeah. up. Um, yeah, I agree. There's probably some fragment. Because I think you're right. They have to give Chris Pratt some, like, some powder will come back later and it'll be, well, part of the planet survived. And yeah. So part of the heart yeah. is still there. Yeah. Someone will find, like, a considerable size of it somewhere. Yeah. And then they'll it'll be, be like, like anti-kryptonite. Oh, this is the light that is you, etc. Yeah. He'll yeah. have something makes him invincible um i did really like though i was talking about yeah the cool way they shot some of the action scenes obviously the opening is a standout like just focusing on Groot while the cool action scenes happening in the background yeah. but then they do it again later uh, where you get the camera where uh is it with michael rooker when they're breaking out uh rocket and michael rooker and then you get the camera like goes to loads of cool places oh, and it goes right. like directly above and you see the ship like a maze like a pack oh maze yeah almost and stuff Oh yeah, during the space massacre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which I thought was, really cool I thought was a little shooting. odd when he's using that like whistly thing to just kill everybody. Yeah, like it did strike me as a bit. Like, 
that's a lot of death. Yeah, that was like, a Nate Drake moment. <laughs> well, because like, yeah. yeah and you, Tanara, you're always like, you're like, there's loads of bad guys. They're all bad guys. But I'm like, but surely there's degrees of bad. Yeah. Like if there's a hundred people dying there, surely 10 of them were, were okay. You know, they got wife and kid at home. Yeah. They um, were just the people who were like, I yeah, just, just didn't want to mutiny, but, just but I, mercilessly. I like him, but I just like, don't. And there's probably someone running away. And like, yeah. Yeah. Just no mercy. Just dead. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And it was done with this kind of bouncy soundtrack and they're walking yeah. kind of cool slow motion through it. Thought. Groot even killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Though that guy deserved it because he poured beer on him. True. Rude. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. I think they have to walk that fine line. Though. They can let Michael Rooker do it because he was a bad guy. And they're constantly going on about Rocket. I want to kill people. I want to kill people. But then he doesn't really kill people um, because you can't because it's Rocket Rooker. Well, this is inter- on that on that point, on Rocket's point, this is kind of by the by, but like, I remember when they first did Guardians and you get introduced to the, this character of a talking raccoon. Actually, before that, when you first learned that they're going to bring all these Marvel movies together, I was like, how are they going to get to a time when I will believe that Tony Stark on Earth is talking to an intergalactic talking space raccoon? <laughs> and I'll buy it. Are you there yet? Trash I don't think I'm there yet. And they've got to do it by next year. Yeah. yeah. Unless just Chris Pratt shows up in Avengers and the rest of them don't bother. No, they're for sure we're going to be there. Um, yeah, I buy it. I can do it now. Yeah. You can do Tony Stark chatting to Rocket Raccoon on Earth, yeah. like in Central Park, yeah, just yeah, chilling. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. It was really after Civil War. Civil War just showed <laughs> me like they can do anything. Like, by the time you got Ant-Man that big. True. Yeah, they, they, Marvel have not put a foot wrong in terms of that. Yeah, they've built it perfectly. Yeah. No, I, I can think. completely buy that. And that's the thing that really yeah does obviously still get me crazy excited to get to see them those combos like again and to have Chris Pratt yeah ribbing against Spidey and yeah and you know having said having read up a little bit about the, the post credits thing the Adam thing like because we were, we were when we talked about this over the weekend before we knew the significance of that we yeah like, I had no clue there's no where's there, there's no tie in to what you know to what's coming next well actually that Adam has quite a big part to play yeah it looks like he helps in the in the in the, the um, Infinity, Infinity War yeah. yeah so it looks like he'll be potentially they'll team up with Thanos but that was the weird thing was like Thanos never even showed up in this like there's one yeah. mention of Thanos mm. and this is the intergalactic film like surely Thanos is going to have something at some point we haven't seen him in a while and we need to remind people hey but then this Infinity was 2014 coming. so he wasn't yet that's true wasn't it yeah let's of... not get into the timeline on this film because it's all fucked up like it's all fucked isn't up isn't it the end of Ultron where you see him picking up the gauntlet and going if you want you yeah do if you want to do something yeah. you gotta do it yourself yeah and then apparently hangs out for a while because <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> done nothing for three years yeah. she's like it's really heavy this gauntlet <laughs> yeah 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 I mean the, it, all, all that weight now really rests on Thor Ragnarok it really does like because yeah. you can have Doctor Strange in that you can have Hulk you can have Thor you're gonna have like Jeff Goldblum, who, as I said, like I swear to God, he's in the credits of this in one of the little bubbles. Oh no, he is. So. Yeah, 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 I read something. He's, yeah, is he? he's okay, yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, which then for me was like, oh, he's obviously gonna turn up in the post post credits, and he didn't. Um, but all that weight then rests on that of Thor and and Hulk bringing the galaxy back to Earth, uh, like somehow tying those two things together, and that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, for I one think they've film. done enough there. But I feel like you had the opportunity of two films, like okay, with Guardians two and Thor Ragnarok. That's two angles to just do little nudges to bring it all together. Now it's all on Thor because this film did nothing to convince me. The one thing they do is like they affect Earth with that flower that he planted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like we were saying, it's like for me, it's gobsmacking. Then how did you not have your post credits of just one of the Avengers or Tony Stark just getting called in or even just Agent Smith or whatever, if he's still alive or whatever. No, Coulson. Coulson, sorry. Yeah. Uh, turning up just to go, oh, we've got, you know, this thing's happened or whatever. You know, yeah. Just something. Which, yeah, for sure in Avengers 3, they'll mention it. 
like in a cursory way but in terms of you know well we've now got proof of this because this attack happened or whatever kind of thing like it'd be one of those things that flashes up on a computer screen yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah i just it for me it's just i don't understand why marvel they've been so smart with that stuff like why didn't it set up anything and this is weird to me all they set up was guardians 3 really and maybe the adam thing will feed into yeah. infinity war but, yeah um yeah yeah well yeah i'm so i'm very excited for, for, for thor ragnarok though yeah 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 like, definitely you were a big yeah. doctor strange fan weren't you i love doctor strange yeah mm. yeah i think we had like the polar opposites on that one oh, well it's because it's something new and you know um i like the character and i mean obviously iron man with magic but yes you know, and it looked cool and come batch so i think it's all i think it's all good the only one that worries me with marvel is black panther movie i'm not sure how that's gonna fare out yeah which is that one coming out before Infinity War? Uh, I think so, yeah. 2018, Black Panther, Infinity War. It's 2018. So Black Panther is meant to be coming out on 16th of February. So yeah, that'll be before Infinity War. So we've got, yeah, Thor, Black Panther, and then Infinity War. That's the order we've got now for the next ones. Ready to go ready to fucking go um speaking of going should we wrap this up yeah we can wrap this up <laughs> i think two of our members have fallen asleep <laughs> in our rant <laughs> um but yeah to to just paraphrase all that then for me it's yeah like go see gallant guardians just don't expect it to be necessary viewing i guess it's just more fun viewing i think it's the overall yep feeling of it good but not good enough and if you don't cry when Groot cries you're not human. Yeah, like, I mean, I thought they were going to push the it. the saddest part. I thought, I gonna... thought someone was going to die. Yeah. Like, besides... Well, someone did die. Whatever Yandu. Yandu. Yeah. I don't care about him. <laughs> Michael Rucker, who gives a fuck about him? <laughs> I know, that is a weird way to end a movie. Everyone crying about Michael Rucker. Like, eh. It's like, I everyone cared by the end, though. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I did, I'm but... Sad. I'm not... I mean, I care, but not as, like, the final bit of the movie. No, come on. After that Mary Poppins comment, you're like, yeah. I'm okay with the <laughs> Yeah, no, that yeah. was one of the funniest bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to push Groot too much, but actually Groot, like, works throughout the whole movie. And Vin Diesel apparently this week made a comment of... Because, yeah, in the post-credits, you get Groot as a teenager, which is yeah. where the timeline really gets fucked up. Even if you work out how quickly he must be, yeah. work, you know, like, growing between the first one and this one, and then this one and the teenage bit, it doesn't make sense. But apparently Vin Diesel said we haven't yet seen fully grown group, not even in the first film. Ooh. So Whoa. I don't know what that means for Infinity War, but it's basically gonna be like the the trees from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it could be like full ent, yeah. full on ent. Because yeah. I'm not interested in seeing teenage group. He looked like he'd be annoying as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you very much for listening to us. We already told you where to find us, but yeah, go on iTunes, type in Weird Geeks. Until next Tuesday, which will be our last UK podcast, we are out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter's Mr. R. White. You can follow Tom on something. At Mindhorn Movie. <laughs> Mindhorn <laughs> Movie. And Cinemas this Friday. <laughs> the superior movie this week. Uh, can anyone find you, Sonara, anywhere? No. Excellent. <laughs> and Katie Watson. <laughs> uh, you can tweet at me if you want, at Watson Dearest. And we are out.